0: A lot of um, contemporary philosophers and scientists who tend more in an atheist or agnostic direction are um, really allergic to this aspect of Whitehead's thought. Um, there are some Whiteheadians who who try to have Whitehead without God, um, you know. And I, I encourage any innovations uh, upon Whitehead's thought, though I think um, Whitehead himself was led to develop a concept of god and it's we should be clear that he really was engaging in um, metaphysics in a dispassionate way he wasn't really guided by religious feeling or emotion Mm -hmm. in in articulating this concept of god though you know it can have um it can be a a source of religious worship Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not what was driving whitehead and really in he says that he was driven to his concept of God really through reflections on certain, um, mathematical and logical problems. Mm. Um, he talks about Aristotle's theology, uh, and, and Aristotle's conception of the divine as an unmoved mover, which in the context of Aristotle's cosmology, this is solving, um, a problem. Um, what's the source of motion, you know, and, and, um, whitehead says well look we we have a different physics now and so aristotle's solution isn't relevant to us anymore but he thinks there's an analogous problem in in the contemporary context uh, context of quantum physics and that is um given that there seems to be this infinite plenum of possibility the quantum void out of which the entire cosmos has emerged how is it that we can explain the emergence of something definite or actual out of this plenum of possibility? God is uh, serves the function of um, limiting the pure possibility such that something actual can can arise right so whitehead's God he says is uh, it's the principle of limitation or it's the principle of concretion he says also. Mm-hmm. And so you know in whitehead's um, cosmology his ultimate principle is creativity which you could say is akin to this this pure possibility but god is the first creature of creativity that conditions that creativity and so by conditioning that creativity um something definite Something finite, something um, actual, is allowed to to emerge. And for Whitehead, if God is the first creature, um, every subsequent subsequent creature or actual occasion of experience is is inheriting God's initial aim. Mm-hmm. And Whitehead describes the initial aim as this um, as God's eternal valuation or um, envisagement of the realm of infinite possibilities. And this, you could say that this is, um, this is heaven, you know, God's initial valuation of the realm of possibility. And it's an ideal that all subsequent occasions of experience, um, have sort of, um, that, that, that their experience is seeded with. It, God's initial aim doesn't determine what every other creature decides to do with its experience, but it it it's like luring them toward what would be most beautiful given their finite condition and in location and space and time. So, you know, this is I'm describing what Whitehead calls the primordial nature of God, the conditioner of possibility um, that provides an initial an initial uh, aim or a lure or some eros that's trying to, to goad um, all the other creatures of the universe toward beauty. But Whitehead also has this other um, pull of, of, of the divine nature that he calls the consequent nature. And so if the primordial nature is God sort of alone and indeed transcendent in some respects, the consequent nature is, is I think, where Whitehead's real innovation in, theologically comes in. This is, this is a God who is not unmoved by the creation, but that is the fellow sufferer who feels with the world, who feels with each creature, all of, all of the joy and the suffering uh, that transpires in space and time, and somehow integrates all of that diversity of experience with the initial aim, with the ideal, now, you know, process theologians, beginning with Charles Hartshorn, um, who studied with Whitehead, have been struggling to, to fit these two, you know, you could say two gods together. Um, and Whitehead himself doesn't seem to have been totally satisfied, hmm. because I think you can kind of see how the consequent nature of God has more religious connotation to it right. than the primordial nature, which is more of a cosmological principle. Right. Um, and so sometimes I say the primordial nature of God is this, it's the condition that makes cosmology. It's the condition that made the cosmos possible. And it's, so it has more of a metaphysical function, whereas the consequent nature is more anthropological. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's an attempt to respond to our, our human um, need for some source of consolation, some source of, um, you know, atonement for the wreckage of history. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, And so is it two gods? Is it two sides of one God? Whatever it is, it's a God in process. And Mm -hmm. it's, um, I think, a worthy image of the divine, you know, to to try to work with and to bring into um, our um, religious communities, because I think it does have um, implications for, you know, how we are with each other, how we are with the earth. Mm Um, how we conceive of the ultimate destiny of of the earth and of our species and of life as such. Um, and so it's it's really what has kept whitehead's work in print for decades was this mm-hmm. theology um, mm-hmm. taken up by mostly American theologians. And so it's only more recently uh, that Whitehead's getting attention in in other disciplines. All right. Philosophers are gradually being like, oh
1: right, we should be reading this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's funny that how theologians were like, we like this a lot. And then a little bit, you know, eco theology, process theology, feminist theologians have gotten into it. Um, and it's interesting to know that he wasn't really motivated by religion. He was really just applying this as he's like, I'm just doing speculative metaphysics and here's where God fits into these problems that contemporary science is opening up for us. Mm -hmm. Do you know if he had much of a religious background
0: well I mean, like he certainly has the background I mean
1: yeah so he's informed at least in his imagination of of kind of a Christian sense of God because some of this sounds like the whole problem of like Jesus mm-hmm. right that Jesus is kind of consequent you know more anthropological right. and then people are like mm, that's two gods
0: <laughs> and yeah.
1: so many yeah so many people are like you guys are ruining the monotheism thing you can't do that mm-hmm. and they're like no it's like there's the father, son, to got spirit. And they're just adding more things all the time, and uh, it's you know that's just an inherent paradox in Christianity. And so, it's interesting to see how Whitehead's reworking that. But the transcendent God is no longer omnipotent, mm-hmm. and uh, and the immanent God is inside of everything. It didn't just get locked up into the body of Jesus Christ. So we can say there's, you know, some God in an animal, and you know, in plants, and in the whole cosmos. Yeah. So I guess would this be where the world soul fits in? Yeah. The whole world has its own kind of soul. Is the soul like the the spark of the divine in the cosmos? What is what is that? Where's the world soul at?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if if God is the principle of concretion, um, there's also a sense in which if the universe itself has any um, in, internal connectivity, if if the universe itself hangs together as a whole, right. then it would be ensouled in some way. And this is the role that, um, you know, the divine would play in Whitehead's universe as the concrete togetherness of all beings and all creatures in some, you know, cosmic body of Christ, if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, and so this is why God or what Isabel Stengers calls the divine function in, in Whitehead's scheme has scientific significance because right. um, where does the unity of nature come from? You know, um, Kant thought a lot about this and said, Oh, well, it's a transcendental, you know, presupposition of science. Mm-hmm. We don't go out and discover it. We presuppose <laughs> it, um, you know, and for more empirically minded or materialist uh, scientists, I'm not sure what sort of arguments they'd be able to come up with. Right. You kind of have to presuppose unity in order for law to even make sense right. um, or, or the universality of law to make sense. And so, you know, the Whitehead is makes these controversial claims about the historical emergence of science out of um, European Christian theology, uh, you know, for... For this reason among others and so yeah the the world's soul is is a, not a term that whitehead uses often he does mention it a bit in adventures of ideas and so i'm um, you know going beyond really his explicit statements in in naming um the divine presence in, in the world in this way but uh you know he's i think accurately described as a a panentheist in the sense that you know in some ways god is Bef- it transcends the world in the sense that God is before um, logically before other creatures, even though God is also a creature and God is also imminent because there is this um, um, divine aim imminent in the experience of all creatures. And also this consequent nature of God that's sort of um, growing with the world as it evolves. And so Sometimes I joke and say Whitehead's a pan gentheist theist with gen signaling like Genesis or sort of ongoing uh, creation, um, whereas pan might give the impression that it's a sort of static creation.
1: Right, right. No, that's a good one. Yeah, that everything is generating God and God is generating everything. Yeah. So yeah, the ongoing Genesis. Reminds me very much of Catherine Keller's work in, in Face of the Deep. It's definitely this continual creation. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird to think of God as uh, a creature. And so God's not primary. That's such a such a strange kind of thing. So it's like, well, then wh- what's this creativity yeah. stuff? Creativity is itself not God. So we don't worship creativity. But right. We worship God.
0: Yeah. Well, creativity is is, it's like Whitehead's replacement for the Aristotelian matter right um it's like everything is made of it you know um it's so ultimate and so generic that you you can't even really describe it (laughs) um there's nothing that isn't it right uh including god um but you know god does have some special status just as the primordial creature yeah um but whitehead does insist that you know we shouldn't be in a situation where we're constantly having to pay metaphysical compliments to the divine. Um, he wants to bring God down off the pedestal that most religiously motivated theological reflection has put God on. Um, I almost use the, the male pronoun whitehead uses it, but I think we don't need to do that. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah. So you know, God is with the world, right, and not not above it. Whitehead has very little patience for the image of God. He, he says it's a residue of barbaric imagination that makes God in the image of, of Caesar or some dictator um, that, you know, is lording over reality and um, somehow is both all-powerful and gets really mad when creation doesn't (laughs) behave as it should and it's not (laughs) clear why creatures should have any freedom to begin with if god's really all-powerful so
1: yeah right that's such an old doctrine uh you know that god's omnipotent and uh and you know lots of people have showed that that's that has provided justification for all kinds of terrible politics and ethics it's like well if god relates to creation by dominating and that's how we should relate to things. And so then everything is just about power always flows down. Mm-hmm. And it isn't this kind of, like you said, God is with the world. Well, what if power was this kind of mutual empowerment? There's some reciprocity there. God suffers with us. Uh, that means that if we're supposed to like, mirror God in our life, then we should never have power flowing down. And so, I mean, the implications for this. I mean, how would we have like a capitalist economic system that's all about exploitation, And so, I mean, the implications are, are uh, really profound for transforming our our current way of life because we have domination everywhere, whether it's, you know, capitalist exploitation of resources and the poor or uh, racist and sexist hierarchies, like all of those things kind of come toppling down. Once you say, no, God doesn't work top down, God works with, you go, oh, then all power needs to be reconstrued as power with and power within instead of power over. Uh, So I think, I don't know. I hope that as analytic philosophers are getting into Whitehead that they're not cutting God out too much because that's some of the most uh, profound implications, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in Adventures of Ideas, Whitehead has a um, condensed reading of the last few thousand years of European history um, and sees this gradual transition away from coercion as the dominant mode of power toward persuasion. And so I see this as an, uh, it's an invitation to not run away from power as if power is bad and like no power, but no engage the power of persuasion as a different form of organizing societies. And, you know, for Whitehead, um, to the extent that a civilized so-called society engages in coercive operations, that's a failure of civilization. Um, If, Civilization is to have some positive, um, if we're to give some positive account of civilization, for did it would be this gradual movement toward persuasion as the um, predominant uh, mode of, of engagement. And, you know, he, he had his critiques of capitalism. Um, he wasn't a Marxist. He was a liberal in the classical sense, but um, he certainly saw the plight of workers and wanted some major reforms there, Mm. not revolution, but Mm. reform. Right. Um, but you know, he, he gave talks to the business school at Harvard and he, in adventures of ideas also talks a lot about commerce, Mm. uh, and trade. And he saw something trying to happen in the development of, um, commerce in the history of the human species that was, more about persuasion than coercion, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously yeah. there's, there's a lot of work that remains to be done to to fully shift a capitalist economy in that direction. Right. Um, but I think, you know, Whitehead presents like his political philosophy is um, pretty much going to upset both extremes um, on the left and the right. And, but, it, but he's not a moderate either. He's right. not a centrist. You know, right. he's he's quite radical in in other ways. Um, and so as someone who does tend more to lean more to the left, you know, in reading his, his statements on, on political philosophy and economics and business and stuff, it's been, I'll admit like a challenge for me to really integrate what he's trying to say. Um, but, you know, keeping in mind this movement towards persuasion and, and the image of the divine that, that inspires this movement, you know, as you're saying, um, you know, Whitehead says the power of God is the worship that God inspires, hmm. which is, which I read as Whitehead suggesting like God needs our help, hmm. right? The nature of the divine is not finished. God wants to be a certain way, right. but we have to participate in realizing that sort of divine nature. Yeah. You know, and it's up for grabs at this point.